Have you ever wondered, what's so special about that song? Have you asked yourself why you can't get that one song out of your head? Find out here, as my fellow musician and co-host, Didier Jonti, also known as A, and I, Dristan Solomon, also known as Drish, analyze and deconstruct your favorite Christian music. This is Noteworthy. Today on Noteworthy, we are analyzing King of Kings by Hillsong Worship. Uh, King of Kings was released July of 2019, and it's off of the studio album Awake. Hey, what are your initial thoughts on the song? This is one of the songs that I really, really, really loved the first time I heard it. Uh, I had not heard it in a recording or anything. I was It was live, and... Actually, every time I hear this song live, it takes me by surprise because of the lyrical content. I mm. can't really keep up with it. There's so much in the lyrics that every time I hear it, I am impacted and I can't really keep up with how full-packed each line of the song is. There's a lot in there. Yeah. What do you think? Uh yeah, I I really really like this song. Um big fan of all the lyrics really. Lyrically, I don't think there's anything that I don't like at all. There there's this simplicity to it from a harmonic standpoint. Mm. Uh the chords are easy, so it's a I mean very congregational song. And of course, it's Hillsong worship and their songs are intended to be congregational, mm-hmm. which brings us to the difference between Hillsong Worship and Hillsong United. Yes. I feel like I had not really realized that there was a difference because I just think Hillsong and it's a song about Jesus. But <laughs> <laughs> Hillsong United describes themselves as almost uncomfortable in their uniqueness. So they go for that kind of creative, more looking to push the boundaries of what is expected of Jesus music, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, While Hillsong Worship is for the empowerment and building of local churches. Yeah, and uh, the song is sung by Brooke Frazier, (laughs) now Brooke Liggertwood. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not really sure how to pronounce her last name, but I hope I'm getting it right. Yeah, uh, she's Australian, and she's been with Hillsong since 2004, but now she is at Hillsong in Orange County in California. Uh, and she's written songs like What a Beautiful Name, Hosanna, Desert Song, Men of Sorrows, which are all huge Hillsong songs. I think she's been a very integral part of uh, Hillsong's music, and continues to do so with this song of course mm-hmm. coming down to the song itself so let's uh let's talk about that first verse uh, or before we get to the, fir- the first verse let's talk about that intro yeah that intro is it's almost kind of deceiving because i feel like a lot of songs that are very like powerful and very like like huge songs like what a beautiful name even 
I mean, it doesn't have an intro, but like, like even for that bridge, that is the biggest part of that other song. What a beautiful name is another song by Hillsong, obviously. The instrumental part of it is very huge and very big and feels massive. But this yeah. one is is very deceiving. You don't know what you're about to hear mm. when you hear that intro. Yeah, it it almost sounds like it's just going to be a really easygoing song, which mm-hmm. I, I guess instrumentally mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not all that dynamically huge, but but then you dive into verse one. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. So from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So well. I mean, what do you even say about that? That they, it's incredible how, how simple, but how well they said that. And they just explained the whole concept of the gospel pretty much. And Mm -hmm. they could have just said that and be done, honestly. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, and from a songwriting perspective, it's it seems like it's really simple, but to craft words in the way that they did here, uh, that's it's something. Uh, Because you have that that line, um, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. Which is just like, Mm. it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. That idea of like God came running from heaven, which of course, I mean, he didn't literally come running from heaven, like literally, I guess. But (laughs) it's that sentiment. And it almost reminds me of the prodigal son and the father from the prodigal son when the prodigal son like is returning home and Mm. the father like comes out running into the street to meet him yeah and like puts a robe on him and that idea Mm. of there was mercy in your eyes just like ties in and that's that's the picture i see when i sing that line or when i hear that line being sung they go back and forth between concepts so they they're talking about the darkness and where we were and then now you're jumping to god being in heaven and coming down and now you're Mm. out of suddenly talking about the prophecies and the, like the reason he's coming and then you're all of a sudden you're talking about the little baby in the manger it's like you're watching this screen of flashbacks of all the different stuff that um encompasses in the gospel and how amazing it is mm. and they just said it in a few lines i was going to save this uh quote until later but i feel like this is a good time to get into it uh, but one of my one of my songwriting professors always said, "Don't tell me, show me," mm. which was really interesting, and it really shaped the way I approached songwriting from there on. And mm. Hillsong really does that because you can you can tell somebody something like you can say you were dead in your sin, and Jesus came to save you, and yeah. He is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He came from His heavenly throne to be born in a manger for you. But then you could also say it like, in the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. That's so good. And, and even the line, from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Wow. Like, it's imagery. Yeah. It's all pure imagery. Yeah. And it's so impactful. What did you think of the chorus? Quite contrary to all the verses, the chorus is less wordy Mm -hmm. it's simple in the sense that it has a very 
specific focus on the Trinity and mm. God's greatness. Like mm-hmm. that is all the chorus ever says is praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of Kings. It's it's simplicity brings like balance to the song because there's so much everywhere else. Right. There's a few other songs that have a similar idea in the chorus, like the idea of praise the Father, praise mm-hmm. the Son, praise the Spirit, uh, which one of them is Hillsong's, um, This I Believe, or The Creed. And I think this is essentially the same song. And when I say the same song, I mean, of mm. course, it's not like literally the same song, but at its core, it is a declaration of what we believe, which in old Latin masses or even even now that's called the credo it used mm-hmm. to be an integral part of the mass if you don't know the like parts of uh, the latin mass i would highly recommend going and reading about it because there's um i'm pretty sure there's five sections of the mass which are curiae gloria credo sanctus agnus dei and each section focuses on a different aspect of our relationship with god or god himself and this is clearly like the credo Mm. Um, section of it like this I believe and uh, what is it I uh, the the Newsboys song We Believe by Newsboys oh. I think um, melodically I really like I really really like this melody because it 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 feels so right and you can like there's a story in the melody itself so I learned this little thing about melodies what makes a melody stick out is when you have the notes slowly going up like a little mountain where you have notes that are like each line it goes higher and higher or you have like pretty similar things but then like in this chorus when you go god of glory majesty it got goes really high i mean much higher so it highlights the thing and it it makes it feel good (laughs) it is a really nice melody that's what i think i just mm-hmm. think it's like if i listen to the chorus i'm like that's a nice chorus yeah and then you have verse two which is to reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross for even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation jesus for our sake you died i feel like this song is doing a lot of what actually I saw John Mayer explain once, something about how when you write a song, you want every line to make the listener want to know what comes next. And so to reveal the kingdom coming, okay, Mm. and to reconcile the loss, now you're like, what what do you mean? Like like the line is kind of like foreshadowing what's, what's about to come next. Right. I think that is one of the key things about this song first of all i love that he quoted john mayer Um, (laughs) uh, but also that's so true like when when you listen to that especially the verse two it says to reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross that's the punchline it makes sense yep once that once it hits you know uh, and then, of course, you go back to the chorus, which is a little more, there's a little more energy in that the second time around. Mm-hmm. And then you drop out for yeah. verse three, uh, which 
I don't. Would you? Is that a bridge or is it verse three? The Hillsong website says it's verse three and verse four. And it makes sense. It's the same melody. Yeah, it definitely feels. It feels like a bridge because it builds up on that verse four. It's funny because in this interview that I saw of uh, Brooke and Scott Liggerwood with, I think it was New Song Cafe, which is. Um, an initiative by like worship together she's explaining the chords of the song and she's playing the piano and kind of teaching the the viewer what the chords are and she calls verse three a bridge oh wow it's almost intended to serve the purpose of a bridge but because the melody is the same mm. and uh, it follows the same format of the verses i guess it's verse three and then verse four wow i was uh, a little, i was like oh did she say bridge? <laughs> uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Verse 3, I noticed something that I thought was really special. So the words on verse 3 are, In the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath, till that stone was moved for good, for the lamb had conquered death. And um, right there, before verse 3, there's this instrumental, of course, which is the same as the intro. Uh, but now it's bigger in the electric guitars are joining in on that melody. Your drums are doing your worship tom groove. Um, and then at the beginning of verse three, all the instruments drop out except for a piano. And for me, the first time listening to this song, just like you, like the first time I listened to the song, it wasn't on the album. It was live at a worship service. And there was like a full band playing it just like on uh, the record. And as soon as all the instruments, like all of that low end dropped out, mm the bass stopped playing there was no drums it was just the piano and the piano is also still playing in a fairly Mm. higher register it almost like made me want to hold my breath Mm -hmm. for that line it was just like it gave this feeling of air Mm. uh, which is really interesting and i mean you you would know this as a recording engineering producing uh grad grad uh graduate (laughs) (laughs) that um low end gives a sense of nearness to the listener and high end gives you that feeling of like going into the air like mm-hmm. almost like soaring because i guess that's also partially why we call it high end and low end mm. and i think it adds so much to wow. the song yeah it it feels natural to do that i feel like if mm. if you were leading a band it's just like we've been doing so much let's just bring it down right now yeah and it's, it's probably the most crucial part of the gospel is the resurrection of christ mm. to quote lecrae Paul says, if Christ ain't resurrected, we wasted our lives. (laughs) That's great. Don't Waste Your Life by Lecrae. Is that the song? Don't Waste Your Life has a lot of words. I could not tell you if it was that one. Yeah. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. That's, That's some good lyrical work. I feel like every time I hear this song, even reading it, I have to like stop for a second at every line and say, what do you mean? This is because sometimes I listen to songs that are very deep and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I can feel what you're talking about. This is more like I can tell what, what they're saying, Mm. but by the time I'm at the last line, I, I need to go think about what you just said. Because there's so mm. much there. I'm pretty sure the songwriters said that there's a verse for every line in the song. Mm. As in there's a 
biblical scripture that ties into every line of the song. And to give you a little of those references, uh, the first line of the song, In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, is from Matthew 4.16. And then the line, To fulfill the law and prophets, is from Matthew 5.17. The dead rose from their tombs is a passage in Matthew 27, which is a really interesting theological Mm. conversation as well. And uh, then you go into verse 4, which is the church of Christ was born and the spirit lit the flame, which is Acts 2, of course, the story of the Pentecost. And Mm -hmm. it just, man, they just capture everything Mm -hmm. perfectly. There's a lot of intentionality in this song. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. It's cool because I feel like these two verses actually, they go well together because musically it builds up, but also with the words also it builds up. I feel like any song that talks about conquering death or coming out of the tomb, this is when the congregation like gets really um, excited and we all clap. Yeah. You know, this is the victory part of of the song. And yeah, and bouncing off of that, something really interesting happens on in the fourth line of that verse four. Up until now, every fourth line has had the same metrical rhythm in the lyrics. So verse one's fourth line is, there was mercy in your eyes. Verse two is, you did not despise the cross. Verse three, for the lamb had conquered death. And verse four is completely different. It says, shall not kneel, shall Mm. not faint. And there's something about that change that honestly, like that's the part of the song that moves me the most. Because first of all, I am being inserted into the song at this point. Yeah. When I'm listening to it, it's like, and the church of Christ was born. Whoa, that's that's me now. Yeah. And then the spirit lit the flame. And now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, so, shall not faint. Oh <laughs> yeah. All the goosebumps just saying that. Like, um, just like saying that is, yeah. Right? It's empowering. And it, it, it almost gives you that like, fight song feeling yeah this gospel truth of all it shall not kneel it shall not faint it's well done yeah and then you have by his blood and in his name in his freedom I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me something very interesting about this song that I'm just realizing is that a lot of worship songs are about the relationship between God and us which is good but this song is purely only talking about God and how amazing he is. The only part where they insert us is by his blood and in his name and his freedom, I am free. Yeah, it's very God focused. Mm -hmm. I guess the only thing I thought was odd was that the last section of verse four changes the perspective of the listener Mm -hmm. or the singer or worshiper. Uh, Because up until now, we're saying you and addressing god yeah because there's i mean jesus for our sake he died and so from heaven you came running and now it says by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free it's inconsistent with the rest of the song but i wonder if that was oversight or maybe intentionally left that way i don't know i guess it does throw me off just a little yeah i also heard in that same interview which I think that was a great interview because it gave me all of my material for this. Um, I heard Scott say that they spent almost a year working on the lyrics of these verses. Wow. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. It shows. It really does. It doesn't feel like it in terms of when you listen to the song. It sounds like someone was just so inspired that this it just came out of their mouth. Yeah. I have just one fun fact about this song. It's not really about this song, but there's a King of Kings, also from Hillsong Worship, that was written in 1995, and it was in an album called Friends in High Places. And do yourself a favor and go listen to it. I thought it was so funny because how different it is, not just from this song, but for how worship music is just nowadays. Wow. So they wrote a song with the same name. Yep. 24 years later. Wow. So I guess the last question, is this song noteworthy? Yeah, I think this song is really great. It's lyrically so, so well um, put and the flow of the song with the dynamics and the way it flows and develops. Yeah, I agree. Really beautiful melodic content, like you said. Uh, brilliantly done and those lyrics are just so good so solid great song hill song worship really knocking it out of the park as they usually do if you like this song or found something interesting about it that you want to share with us follow us on instagram or facebook at noteworthy.thepodcast and comment on our posts about this episode we want to hear from you let us know which song you'd like us to analyze next thanks for listening mm-hmm.